Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 59. Should you podcast in mono or stereo? Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Audacity to Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the podcast where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. And today, I will be talking about two things primarily. Is one, should you podcast in mono or stereo, like I said in the title? And also, I will be sharing with you A little secret that not many podcasters know is how you can make your podcast open directly in iTunes. And I'm not talking about that that fake subscription thing where it bypasses the iTunes store. I'm talking about jumping straight to the iTunes program and your listing in the iTunes directory. So be sure that you listen to the end all the way through this podcast to get that information. It's something that really... I haven't heard any other podcaster know how to do, but there is a way to do it now. So I'll share that at the end, near the end of this episode. But for now, I'm going to talk about this issue of podcasting in either mono or stereo. Many, many episodes back, I've talked about the quality of your podcast or how to encode your podcast in either constant bitrate or consistent bitrate, CBR versus variable bitrate, VBR, whether you should use LAME or Fraunhofer, which is in iTunes or Audition, or what you should do, how you should export your podcast, all of this stuff. I've talked about that before, and I've mentioned the idea of mono versus stereo. And I will tell you that I have changed my mind on this on what I will be doing for my podcasts because I'm changing based on these things that I'll share with you. What you are hearing now, if you're hearing the downloaded version of this podcast, is a mono file. What I've been doing is stereo, and I'll share with you why I've made that decision, as well as sharing five tips with you of whether you should be podcasting in mono or stereo. And you may decide to keep doing what you are doing. You may decide to change. That's up to you. But these are just five tips that I'll share with you. Number one, the file size. We've got all sorts of devices that we use for playing our podcasts, subscribing to podcasts, listening, all of this stuff. And many of these devices have gigabytes and gigabytes of free space on them. My phone has 32 gigabytes on it. On a phone, I mean, just for a moment, realize how amazing that is that our phones now hold more information than our computers did 15 years ago. That's pretty cool. And the, the size of these chips, amazing too. But our phones have all of the storage. Our iPods or portable players have gigabytes and gigabytes of space on them. So you might think that file size is not an issue, but file size is an issue. See, when you record a stereo file, it is two channels, left and right. That's what makes it the stereo. Whether it be joint stereo or other kinds of stereo formats, it's still basically two channels, left and right channels. A mono file is one channel. Now, in stereo, it would be left and right. Mono, it's one, and that one 
sends equally to both ears. So it's not like if you record and publish a podcast in mono that it will only go to one ear. It's all software is smart enough now to understand that mono goes to both ears. So if you play something in mono, it automatically sends equal amounts to both ears. So the file size for mono files is always about half the size of a stereo file, as long as you encode it properly. So instead of having two channels, you have one channel. It makes the file half the size. And the reason that the file size will matter in all of this is, well, three different things that you need to consider. First of all, if you use Libsyn or Blueberry for your media hosting, these are places where they host just your media files, and that's, I recommend all you let them host for you is your media files, your MP3s or your videos. This is where people can download it from their servers instead of your servers. So they're a media host. They host just your media. If you use Libsyn or Blueberry, then you're paying a certain amount for a certain allotment of storage per month. So like Libsyn's cheapest plan is $5 a month for 50 megabytes of storage. Now that sounds terribly small, 50 megabytes. That's, yeah, that's really small for $5 a month. The benefit there is unlimited bandwidth. A billion people could download your episode and you wouldn't pay any more than $5 a month. So there are plenty of advantages to that. Even though it sounds like it's a small amount, you've got that unlimited bandwidth to it. So now let's look at this with your file size. If you have a 45 megabyte file and you upload it to your $5 a month Libsyn plan, then you've already filled up your 50 megabytes. You you can't really do much with that last five megabytes because you've used it up with that one file. Now imagine that was a stereo file at 45 megabytes. If you cut that to be mono, then now instead of just being able to upload one, you could upload two files of that same size, two episodes for the same exact price. So that's one place to consider your file size limitations, stereo versus mono. The second thing to consider with file size is your mobile users. People who are downloading your podcast through an iPhone or an Android phone through their mobile data network like 3G or 4G, but this generally applies just to 3G. Many carriers, and I believe AT&T is especially known for this, will limit how much you can download in a single file over their mobile data network. So I hear many iPhone users, I'm not sure if it's the same case with the latest iPhones, but many iPhone users will say that they're not allowed to download anything larger than a 20 megabyte file over the 3G data network. Now, this doesn't apply to being on Wi-Fi. By the way, data, data, whatever. I don't know. I pronounce it different ways. But this doesn't apply if you're on Wi-Fi. So when people get on Wi-Fi, they can download whatever they want. It's fine. It's not using the data, data network. But when they're mobile, that's when they're using 3G and they have this file size limit. So if your podcast in stereo is 25 megabytes, then people can't download it when they're mobile. Now, I know this might be a very, very small portion of your audience, but still consider how easy it is for people to do this, especially more and more people are accessing information through mobile devices. 
And it's not always when they're on a Wi-Fi network. They might be just stopping in for coffee somewhere and they might not sign on to the Wi-Fi network at the coffee shop, but they are waiting for their coffee. I don't know why they'd want coffee, but (laughs) that's opinion. Maybe they're waiting for their coffee and they decide to download a new podcast while they wait. Well, if they're on 3G and your podcast is too big, they can't download it. So a 25 megabyte stereo podcast won't download on some of these 3G networks, but cut that 25 megabytes into a mono podcast, it would be 12 and a half megabytes and they could download it. And then the third thing to consider is not just for your listeners, but for yourself is your local storage. When I record a podcast, I'm recording in raw stereo audio into a Zoom H4n. But however you record, I do recommend that you record into RAW, not into MP3 or WMA or anything else. Record into RAW. That way you've got the highest quality audio possible to work with as you begin your edits. So however you're recording, and Audacity, by the way, if you're recording with Audacity, it is recording into RAW format. By default, it might record into stereo or mono, but if you compress it down to mono, then that means your local storage, what's on your hard drive, will take up half as much space. Uncompressed raw audio works out to be at 44,000, 44.1,000 kilohertz raw stereo data ends up being about 620 megabytes per hour. So if you cut that to mono, that's only 310 megabytes per hour. If you do a weekly podcast, then you might be generating a gigabyte of content. Like if you have, I recommend keep your raw backups, but you have your raw backups, then your editing files and all of this stuff, you're generating lots of information. Imagine cutting that in half. That makes it easier for you to archive it to disk. That makes it quicker for you to back it up online. If you've got like Mosey or Carbonite or Backblaze, by the way, I like Backblaze. If you want to use them, noodle.mx slash Backblaze. It, they may have storage limits. They may not. Mosey has storage limits. Uh, Carbonite will cap your bandwidth after you exceed a certain storage limit. And Backblaze does not. That's why I like Backblaze. It's still unlimited, no bandwidth caps or anything. So the amount of what you're backing up, what you're storing on your computer, will be half as much if you are doing even your editing in mono instead of stereo. I generate gigabytes of data per week. And switching it to mono makes it a lot easier for me to manage the stuff and archive it to disks and upload it to my backup and uh, all of that. So consider your file size when you are looking at being in either mono or stereo for your podcast. Also, consider your bandwidth because some hosting places, bandwidth is an issue. You look at Libsyn or Blueberry who are dedicated media hosts and what they offer is a limited amount of storage space for your files. So that's where your file size comes into play, but unlimited bandwidth. So it doesn't matter how many people download your episode. If it's hosted with Libsyn and Blueberry, you still pay that same amount. You're just limited on how many episodes they can host for you based on storage. 
But if you host your media files somewhere else that does charge for bandwidth, and bandwidth is how much information is transferred per month or per day or whatever, that's your bandwidth or the transfer amount. So a place like Amazon S3, their simple storage server, whatever S3 stands for, or maybe even your own web host, if you're hosting your files on your website, that could be a virtual private server or shared hosting or anything like that. Bandwidth could easily be an issue. Consider uh, my situation, for example. In November alone, NoodleMix Network used 2.2 terabytes of bandwidth to serve mostly stereo podcast episodes. 2.2 terabytes, that's my highest amount yet. And that's, like I said, mostly stereo podcasts. If I was hosting all of those files over with Amazon S3, which everyone's like, Amazon S3 is amazing. It's so cheap. It's only about nine cents per gigabyte of bandwidth and storage cost is super cheap and all of this. Yes, that's true. It's cheap. But you can go over and I think it's s3.amazon.com and do some stuff with their calculator. And it says that that 2.2 terabytes would have cost me $200 in the month to serve that. That's bandwidth, not storage. That's how many files were downloaded, how big those files were. Now, if all of those files were mono, then I might have only needed 1.1 terabytes of bandwidth, half of that amount in November, which meant instead of paying a $200 hosting bill, I might have only had to pay a $100 hosting bill. That's still expensive, and that's why I don't use Amazon S3, because I don't know what things would end up costing. But this is just another example where being in either mono or stereo might affect you and might cost you more or less, depending on which one you use. So first, consider your file size. Secondly, consider your bandwidth. Thirdly, consider your download speed. Not just your download speed, but the download speed of your listeners. The United States is eh, behind in our internet bandwidth. Now, you might be looking at your connection and you think, wow, I've got this 50 megabyte or 50 megabit uh, fiber optic connection here that is great and I'm paying $200 a month for it, whatever it is. I right now have a 10 megabit download. I've previously been trying a 30 megabit download service and I have that available in my area. But other areas, like my parents just got broadband, and they're happy about that because they've been on dial-up up until last month. But broadband was finally available in their area. It's DSL at less than one megabit per second. And that's the fastest they have available to them. And they're paying $30 a month, I believe, for that service. Other places charge a lot more for anything above 10 megabits or five or whatever. So just because you have a really fast connection doesn't mean that all of your listeners have a really fast connection. So if you are hosting stereo podcasts, that means your files are twice the size of a mono episode. That means they'll download at a certain speed. So we'll pretend you have a 50 megabyte file and we'll say that takes a, a listener a minute to download a 50 megabyte file. That, that's actually... 
decent connection there. That's, yeah, a decent connection. 50 megabyte file downloaded in one minute. Now, one minute, that's not too bad. But if you change that 50 megabyte file to be st- or, uh, to be mono, that would make it 25 megabytes. So instead of downloading in a minute, it would download in 30 seconds, half the speed. Going back to the example of mobile users who might be on 3G plans, their data package might only be around one megabit per month or per, of download speed. So the file size makes a difference there as well for how quickly they can download your file and how quickly they can download your episode. This isn't as, well, this gets into even a bigger issue with video podcasts because video is much longer. Or if you've got a really long podcast, like an hour long podcast that might be 50 or 60 megabytes, then cutting it to mono cuts that file size in half, makes it download in half the time. And your listeners can listen much quicker. They might like that. They might appreciate your files downloading much quicker. As well, you might appreciate being able to upload your files twice as fast instead of waiting for a 60 megabyte file to upload to your server before you can post your episode. You only have to wait for a 30 megabyte file, half the time it takes you to upload. You can publish your podcast then much faster. So consider your download speed or even upload speed in your case. So look at your file size, your bandwidth, and your download speed. Switching from stereo to mono will cut all of those in half for you. Now, here's the subjective part. Sound quality. Different programs will work with making stereo and mono files differently. I'll take the two major comparisons. Using Audacity with Lame, which, by the way, I don't recommend for a podcast. Lame is great, just not for a podcast. Or using iTunes or other programs that use the Fraunhofer MP3 encoder. Both of these situations are different with stereo versus mono. In Audacity, if you tell Audacity to make a 128 kilobit per second file, it will use those 128 kilobits for either two channels in stereo or one channel in mono. It applies that available amount to however many channels you say. Give it two channels, it splits the 128 in half into both of those channels. Give it one channel, it uses all of that there. So this works that way whether you're using stereo, joint stereo, or mono at least from Audacity. So if you want half the file size with Audacity, then instead of telling it do a 128 kilobit file, tell it to do a 64 kilobit per second file at mono, and you'll get the same audio quality as a stereo file, because the stereo is really just two channels that are two channels of 64 kilobits per second. It's not exactly like that. So I know that some technical people out there are going to be like, no, that's not exactly how it works. That's generally how it works, is that it's splitting it up. It's not totally precise, generally. But then look at how iTunes will do it. 
And iTunes is the way that I recommend that you make your MP3 files. And I've mentioned this in previous episodes uh, that you can get the links to in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 59. I believe it was episode 8 or 10 of the Audacity to Podcast where I talked about using iTunes. Episode 10 is what it was, I think. When you use iTunes, iTunes is a bit smarter. If you tell it 128 kilobits per second for your audio then it will do 128 kilobits for stereo. Or if you give it a mono file, it does 64 kilobits per second because it is focusing on the quality, not just the number. So you will hear the same quality level from either stereo or mono, but the file size will be half. So depending on which which program you use, your method of encoding it and whether it understands stereo or mono might be slightly different. And that's okay. Just know the way that your program works. So then when it actually comes to audio quality, we'll take the iTunes approach where it is truly half the file size for mono as it is for stereo. See, in stereo, generally the way it essentially works is the left channel gets 64 kilobits per second the right channel gets 64 kilobits per second in mono that one channel gets 64 kilobits per second so since in mono you're hearing one channel you're hearing the same amount of quality in each ear in stereo you're getting two channels at 64 kilobits per second it's the same level of quality so You're not going to start hearing the underwater sound if you switch to mono. Your quality won't decrease by switching to mono the proper way, that is, with the iTunes way. And your quality isn't going to increase. Cuts your file size in half. But beyond the technical quality of this, the kilobits per second issue, is the actual listening quality. Many people will say that, well, I think I sound a whole lot better in stereo than I do in mono. And you know what? The reason why I've done my episodes for so long in stereo, I started in mono because of file size stuff. Then I switched to stereo. The reason I did that was because I thought it sounded better. I think I sound better in stereo than I do in mono. I think the music sounds better in stereo than it does in mono. And that is, that's true much of that will sound better. But does that make a difference to your listeners? We can be very picky about the quality of our audio, and sometimes too picky about the quality. But when we're debating mono versus stereo for us, we'll hear a difference. Yes, we will. But our listeners probably won't. Or if you just, for your next episode, if you switch to mono your listeners might not notice the difference. And is that very subtle difference really worth it to you to double your file size, double your bandwidth, double your download speed to get that that sound? Now, the, the actual comparison, the way I would describe this is that when it's just my voice in stereo, I think it sounds more surrounding, like more like the voice is completely around my head. In mono, to me, it sounds like it's more direct, like the sound is straight in the middle of my head, not surrounding me, but like right in the middle. Very subtle difference, though. 
is that difference really worth the extra expense? And by expense, I mean file size, bandwidth, and download speed. That's up to you to decide. Now, if you have an audio drama where you have sound effects that it's really important for sound effects to be positional, or maybe you have a music podcast where you review music and you want to make sure that listeners get that listening experience with the music where the strings are on the right side and or left side or whatever direction, you know, that, that you hear the drums in this side or that side or, or you have an audio drama and you hear thunder come from the right side to the left side or you hear someone walking up from the left side or any of that stuff. Stereo is very important for that. Do keep doing stereo if you have that kind of content. But if you have just the talking content, then there isn't the need to have that left and right distinction. And please, 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 if you have a vo- vocal podcast, please do not split the voices into separate channels where you have a person on the left side and another person on the right side. Please don't do that. I know we as podcasters get these ideas that we think, oh, this would be really cool to do this. And it's cool to us, but it's not cool to our listeners. And now, again, this depends on what kind of content you're producing. Maybe you have an audio drama and you need that separation. Still be careful with it. Even movies, with movies that have like 5.1 surround sound or even more certain channels of surround sound audio, even movies will usually put the voices right smack in the middle of all of this audio. Very rarely will the voices be on the left or right sides of things unless they need it for a special effect. So even in audio drama, still consider keeping your audio, your vocal audio right in the middle unless you really need it to be separated. This then brings us to the final thing. Well, first review again, number one, consider your file size. Number two, consider your bandwidth. Number three, consider your download speed. Number four, consider your sound quality. And number five, consider your listeners. Let me tell you a story. I like listening to podcasts throughout the day and I might be playing them through my speakers here in my home office in my studio or I might be wearing my iPod. And when I wear my iPod, I'm wearing earbuds and listening to podcasts or audio drama or whatever music through those earbuds. I frequently like to put both earbuds in because I can just hear it better. It's more immersive. It's less distracting and all of that. I'm married. And if I'm at home listening to a podcast in both ears, this happened just recently. I was listening. I was, I think, getting ready for bed or uh, getting ready in the morning or something. I was in the bathroom, brushing my teeth, shaving, whatever, listening to a podcast while I was doing it. I had both earbuds in. My wife called me. I didn't hear it. She called me again. I still didn't hear it. She called me a third time. Still didn't hear it. Then she screamed my name out to me. And I heard that. And I thought either she was really mad at me for something that she might have discovered that broke something or I don't know, or something was drastically wrong. So I came rushing to her and discovered that, no, she had just called me several times and I never heard her. So 
I'm needing to start listening to podcasts and anything through just one earbud. Many other people do this. This is also kind of safer to do and a little bit more courteous too. Maybe you're at the office when you're listening to podcasts. So you listen through just one earbud so you can hear if your boss comes up and he says, hey, I want to give you a raise. And you won't be able to hear that. And you might not get that raise if you can't hear him. But many people also jog with just one earbud. It's safer that way. That way they can hear if a car is approaching or if someone calls their name. And it's also more courteous to not ignore people if people say things. So many of your listeners might be listening through just one earbud. Also consider Bluetooth headsets that many people might use to listen through their phone is just a single side. So using mono works great with this because it doesn't matter which ear they're listening to. It doesn't matter that they're just using one ear to listen. But if you have stereo, then these people who listen through only one ear won't get any of the benefit of the stereo audio. And if you have that thing where you have different voices on different sides or something happens a little bit more in the right channel than the left channel, then these people who listen with only one ear won't get that extra content or won't hear it as well. So even if you've got your voices just barely split in the middle, like an interviewer and an interviewee, just barely split, then the person who listens through a single earbud will hear you really well, but they won't hear your guest quite as well. They'll they'll hear the volume keep going back and forth. So all of this to consider for you. And I won't say that every single podcast should be mono. I won't say that every single podcast should be stereo. You need to consider these things for yourself. Consider your file size, your bandwidth, your download speed, the sound quality, and most importantly, consider your listeners. There are a lot of things that we podcasters do that we might think, oh, this is cool. And website owners do this too, as we think, oh, this would be cool. I want this. I want that. This would be awesome to do this, all of this stuff. And it's what we think about would be best for us. But you really need to think about what is best for your listeners. How is it easiest for your listeners to do this? So all of these things considered, I've decided to switch my podcasts from being stereo to mono, especially the Audacity to podcast. For example, I have intro music, outro music, and me in between. No other music, usually no other music or videos or anything like that. So the only benefit you're really getting to the stereo on the Audacity to podcast is you hear the intro and outro music better. But do you come here to listen to the intro and outro music No, probably not. You come here to listen to the content in the middle, and the content really doesn't need to be in stereo. With the Ramen Noodle Clean Comedy Podcast, it will also be in mono because most of the time, unless we do some kind of special audio drama, most of the time it's just us talking or telling our jokes and funny stories or playing a video that really it doesn't need to be in mono and stereo. Even in my movie podcast, areyoujustwatching.com, where we review movies and share critical thinking about movies, even that, when we play a movie clip, yeah, those movie clips sometimes sound better in stereo, but really, 
What's most important, the reason we play those movie clips is for the spoken stuff, not just the sound, but for this, the words that are in it. And those words are usually centered, and the words will be heard best if it's in mono. So I'll be switching all of our podcasts from stereo to mono, and it's going to take half as much space, it's going to use half as much bandwidth, and it means that all of the episodes will download twice as fast because it's half the size of each file, so it downloads twice as fast. That's my decision for the podcast and the Noodle Mix Network. I would love to hear from you what you think about this. And if you've decided to stick with stereo, why is that? I'd love to hear from you because this, like I said, these are just considerations for you. You don't have to do it this way. I do recommend mono, but you don't have to. So I'd love to hear your feedback on this. Email that to feedback at noodle.mx or call 859-353-4332. And you can also leave a comment on the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 59. Tim in our chat room, by the way, I do this live every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Tim asked about compatibility using mono files because when you stick a mono file into PowerPress, it will warn you. It will say joint stereo works best, but you really don't have to worry because mono files are compatible. Yes, it's not the best, most, well, here's the thing. A lot of stuff like podcasting software is looking for joint stereo. So if it sees something other than joint stereo, it says, we recommend doing this in joint stereo, but it still works just fine. So you don't have any issues with compatibility. And in fact, compatibility might work better for you than using VBR, uh, variable bitrate or lame. I would say, in fact, you'll get more compatible files using mono than you would using variable bitrate. Now, for that little bit, maybe you've been sticking around to hear this little bit about iTunes. I blogged about this recently, and you can get this information in more detail on the blog at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash I-T-M-S. That stands for iTunes Music Store. Theaudacitytopodcast.com slash I-T-M-S. A while back, it worked that when you linked to your podcast in iTunes, you get either like this Phobos link, that's where it would be, it'd be like phobos.apple.com or something like that, or you might get iTunes.apple.com or whatever. When you would link to it, it would take you to, uh, it's been a while, but it, it would take you to maybe a web page and then load iTunes, the software to take people directly to your listing in the iTunes directory. This was great because of uh, people could then click subscribe to your podcast in iTunes. This is not the ITPC thing where it forces iTunes to subscribe to an RSS feed bypassing the store. This is talking about getting people to your iTunes listing. But that was a few years ago that did that nice automatic launching of iTunes and all of that stuff. Nowadays, if you use those exact same links, either the Phobos things or the the iTunes.apple things, or maybe you have something else like a, it's a web, web something link. If you use these things to link to your podcast, 
then you'll notice if you click on that link or put it in your browser, it takes you to a web page on apple.com where it displays your podcast. iTunes doesn't load. You can click then a button that says view in iTunes. Then iTunes loads, it opens your podcast to that page. But if people want to subscribe, they still have to click another button to subscribe. And this gets annoying because if you t- tell people, subscribe to my podcast at suchandsuch.com slash iTunes, it'll take them to the iTunes page. They have to click a button, which then launches iTunes. Then they have to click their subscribe button. And it can get annoying. And it's not very good for the, the flow of things. So it's, it's very easy now to open things directly in iTunes. And no other podcasters are doing this, but it is possible to do it. There are two ways you can do it. One of them actually is a way that you could make money. Instead of using in your link, when you get that link to your podcast, which you can do, by the way, by right-clicking on your podcast, show cover art in iTunes, and then copy link. That's your link to the your podcast in iTunes, you'll notice it starts with HTTP colon slash slash and then a bunch of stuff. Change HTTP to ITMS. That stands for iTunes Music Store. Change it to that and then use that link. Exact same link that you got from looking at your podcast in iTunes and right-clicking on the cover art and picking copy link. That exact same link, just change the HTTP to ITMS. And then when you launch that link, it opens directly into iTunes. It doesn't even open a new tab or a webpage or anything like that. Goes straight to iTunes. This is fantastic. Because this means you can create a subscribe to iTunes, subscribe in iTunes button, or you can hire me to create it for you on your webpage, like you see on theaudacitypodcast.com. And when people click it, it takes them directly to your listing in iTunes. So that then when people subscribe, you get the iTunes love there. Now, this won't work though for computers that don't have iTunes installed. So this, uh, that's kind of a trade-off there. However, the second way that you could do this, and by the way, that first way with the ITMS, many browsers have to first authorize iTunes to load because many browsers will say, iTunes wants to open this link. Should I allow it? And you can click, yes, allow. And many browsers can set that then as the default or it can continue asking the people each time. So they will be prompted to open it unless they've already done it once before. Get this method out there. Tell everyone about the audacitypodcast.com slash ITMS so they can do this. And then the more people who do it, the easier it will be for you and people won't have to click that open an iTunes button each time. So the second way that you can do this then is a cool way because you can even make money with this is sign up for LinkShare Affiliate. Now, the way that I would recommend that you sign up is through noodle.mx slash LinkShare. That's L-I-N-K-S-H-A-R-E. 
Linkshare is an affiliate program, kind of like Commission Junction or many other affiliate programs. And you can sign up for an iTunes affiliate program in there. When you do that, and if you use their deep linking method, again, there are more details in the blog post. When you use a deep link to your podcast, it creates this little thing on someone who visits your computer so that if they buy anything from iTunes within 72 hours, so three days, of clicking your link, you get a 5% commission off of whatever they purchase. It doesn't cost them anything. It doesn't cost you anything. It's free to join. Could be a little bit hard to get approved, but free to join this program. So you can be an affiliate for iTunes, the Mac App Store, the iBook Store, and the other stores that Apple creates. And it's a way that you can make money by getting people to subscribe to your podcast if they buy anything within three days of clicking your link. So check that out in the blog. It's over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash ITMS, or you can get the link to that in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 58. Now I've got some other cool things coming up with the Noodle Mix Network, uh, possibly another podcast joining the network, as well as we are starting a new podcast and recording it, in fact, tonight, the pilot episode of it. And uh, I don't know that I want to reveal just yet what it's about, other than to say it's about a TV show, and it will be a new weekly podcast. But watch noodle.mx for that. Follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. And also sign up for the newsletter over at theaudacitypodcast.com. And that way you can get podcasting tips and be sure to hear when we launch this new podcast. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. Please send your feedback to feedback at noodle.mx or call 859-353-4332. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Thank you so much for listening. The Audacity Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts at noodle.mx. That's the Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. We've got podcasts with clean comedy, Christian movie reviews, with critical thinking, Christian worldview, and something really big and really exciting coming very soon. And I can't talk about it yet because it's a secret. I want to announce it when I have a few episodes out, but... Watch on Twitter because I might be recording it live. Check it out at noodle.mx and all of our other podcasts over there. And the Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network, where they've got hundreds of podcasts about technology and all aspects of technology. Check it out at techpodcasts.com.